Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to Talking Trading. I'm Caroline Stephen. It's great to have you with us. What do Goldilocks, Baby Bear and exchange traded funds all have in common? Well, we find out today from Gary Stone from Share Wealth Systems as he discusses the ETF phenomenon which is sweeping the world. We find out what their benefits are, where they fit into an investor's portfolio and why Australia is lagging behind other countries in this ETF revolution. But first up, with the global sell-off in the markets on Friday, we have a market wrap for the week ending the 21st of August with Chief Analyst at IG Markets, Mr Chris Weston. Chris Weston, hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Chris, what has happened in the U.S. markets on the close on Friday? Well, the U.S. market's taken an absolute bloodbath. It's taken a real tumble. And and I think if anyone had been watching what's been going on in global markets outside of the U.S., I mean, a lot of these issues have, have been unfolding for quite some time. You've been seeing that in the DAX chart if you mean if you look at the germany 30 dax chart uh, over a period of time we've seen a, a, a sizable move there some of these asian charts are looking pretty bearish i mean if you look at the hang Seng, for example we've seen that down pretty heavily so the s&p really just played a bit of catch-up and and the u.s market the s&p had been considered a bit of a defensive market for some time and then i think people just started paying attention to that chinese number and said well look, emerging market currencies have been getting flogged recently a lot of what's been happening in Europe and Asian markets now, and China really does look like it's slowing down a bit. So I think as soon as we start seeing the, the multi-month range that have been coming in down to about, down to the sort of the sort of 2040 region, um, it had been oscillating between 2040 and 2140 for a number of months. As soon as we break that to the downside, you know, the real selling came in, the futures market as well. We saw real selling coming in. So the, the bottom of that range is convincingly broke, broken and, and traders really looking to accelerate those short positions. And, and looking to liquidate those positions there as well. So I think it's a mixture of catch-up, and I think the, the sideways trade action has broken to the downside, and I think that sort of that technical damage had, had really increased uh, the psyche of traders there. But I will point people out to um, having a look at the, the weekly chart of the S&P. I think that's specifically very interesting for me. If you have a look at the 55-week moving average, uh, we broke that last week. And if you look at that over the last maybe four or five years, with the exception of May 2012 and November 2012, I, I think generally you've already seen that that 55-week moving average really defining the trend for quite some time. So I think now we've broken convincingly below the 55-week moving average. I think that can um, that's hold, held up the trend for so long. I think that that may be fairly significant for this US market here. Okay, and so let's jump to the Australian market. Uh, well, I mean, it's never going to be good. If you think about the the uh, 
where this all stems from. This, this stems from emerging market and specifically emerging market Asia, including China. Uh, and the markets and economies which are directly influenced by that are going to be heavily influenced and, and, and come off a lot worse. And that's exactly what we've been seeing. I mean, if you look at if you look at a daily chart of the ASX 200, I mean, we, we've we've tried three times to get through 5,700. We've failed pretty much every time. Lots of supplies come into the market. We traded below the neckline of that that um, of that triple top. You know, going into early August, we've tried to retest that level at 5,400. And, uh, you know, the bears and supply have come straight back in. So it's, it's not been very nice. But the market of selling has been really taking place from around you know, mid mid or well, probably late July. So this is not a new theme. It just seems that now with China really coming off pretty hard as the Shanghai Composite trades through the 3,500 level, a level they've been trying to trying to target and, and trying to support um, all those economies which are directly uh, have a very heavily influenced by uh, Asia and emerging markets and China is, is going to come under natural pressure. And that's what we're seeing. It's it's an absolute bloodbath. Um, banks are getting taken down to the woodshed and chopped up today. Chris Weston, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Thank you. In the lead-up to the 2016 Mentor Program, Louise Bedford has invaluable free training. The Mentor Program is a repeat-for-free six-month course that teaches you how to trade every instrument over every time frame using your own customized trading plan. Ever since the year 2000, it has been booked out in record time. So, if you would like priority notification when Louise Bedford and Chris Tate are running the 2016 Mentor Program, as well as picking up free training along the way, register at tradinggame.com.au forward slash priority. That's tradinggame.com.au forward slash priority. Register now before you forget. Gary Stone is the founder of Share Wealth Systems. He recently celebrated a 25-year anniversary in the market, and today we find out exactly what they are and their place in a person's portfolio. Gary Stone, hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. It's a pleasure to be back again, Caroline. Gary, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Let's talk about ETFs today. There are so many instruments with which to invest, stocks, futures, CFDs and more. And now ETFs are getting a lot of airspace. Gary, what are ETFs and where do they fit into the investing portfolio? Well, ETFs is an acronym, a three-letter acronym, stands for Exchange Traded Fund. So effectively, they're an index fund that is traded on an exchange, a stock exchange. That's that, that, I guess that's the base, uh, the real base. Of, when I explain that to people, or well, I say it as I just have, people still you know, frown back at me. So the best, <laughs> <laughs> so best way to explain it is that people do know what a managed fund or a mutual fund is, and effectively what a mutual fund, if people wanted to invest in a mutual fund in the past and even now, they have to get a prospectus, fill out a form and then send off a check or do an electronic funds transfer. That's an EFT, not an ETF. And then uh, they will get a unit price at the end of the week and then they'll be able to get into that fund. And if they then want to sell or move out of that fund or switch, they have to send a form off to the to the managed fund and, and then they'll switch between funds. Now, a, an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, is exactly the same concept except you do all of the buying and the selling in the confines of a, of a stock exchange. Now, sorry, the other thing I should also mention there is that you have active managed funds and you have index managed funds. 
And an index managed fund is just a managed fund which was pioneered by Vanguard in the early 70s, where they manage a fund such that they try and track an index. And, that, and that's what concept is behind an ETF, is that uh, the original ETFs is that they actually try and track a, an index such as the ASX 200 or the S&P 500. What role should investors consider them for in their investing arsenal? Well, in my view, every investor should be looking at an exchange-traded fund. It's the, it reminds me of the Goldilocks story where uh, baby bears, porridge, chair, bed, everything was just right. ETFs are just right for just about everybody. <laughs> why? Well, they, we'll get to the real crux of the why in a moment, but it should become the backbone of people's, of investors. And really, when we say investors, every single one of us are investors through our superannuation fund. And whether we like it or not, we should take an interest. And ETFs should become that backbone. And the reason it should become the backbone is for performance reasons. They are easy, easily accessible. They're easy to invest in. And we'll get to performance in a moment. But effectively, over time, they will beat every single super fund in the land. All right. What group of investors does ETF suit? Well, self-managed super funds is uh, is the no-brainer. This is where people should be looking to ETF to put a large chunk of the of the investments into. The the stats show us that about a third of self-managed super fund money finds its way directly into the stock market, and the other two thirds are spread between bonds and cash, which is fixed interest type return. And and we know that fixed interest type return over time is going to be the worst two performing asset classes over time. <laughs> so so that's where the herd is, and, and we need to get the herd to move to have more access and you know, in risk type uh, envir- asset classes such as the stock market. So assuming that the herd has very little financial knowledge, are ETFs safe for them to invest with? Absolutely, and, and this is one of their key key areas that makes them safe is that is the lower volatility you get in an ETF compared to direct stock stock investment. Volatility is a dirty word in investing, it's, and in my view, it's not as dirty as what people make it out to be. But that be as it may, people want to run away from volatility, and the the sort of volatility that you can get in, in individual stocks, uh, where people have an exposure to you know, a few stocks, anything from five to say twenty, you're going to have you know one or two or three, and maybe more if you're not so good at the game, of stocks that have huge falls and and stay out of favour with investors for many months or even years, Uh, whereas an index, which is what we're looking at here with an index ETF, an index is biased towards having performing stocks staying in the index and the laggards falling out. What about if we're in a bear market? How does an ETF perform? Well, an ETF will go down by as much as the market because it's, it's, that, that's its, its role in life is to, is to track the index. That's what its charter is and that's what it's trying to do. If we're looking at the index ETFs, not boutique ETFs, which we'll put to one side and maybe cover another day. But you, know, you do have stocks like during the GFC, during the 2008 bear market, CBA went down by 60%, NAB by uh, 68%, uh, Suncorp. Met went down, Sun Met went down by seventy-two uh, percent, and and of course the property trusts, uh, just about every single one of them went down by more than ninety percent. So that sort of volatility, you can remove that as as an index investor, and and know that at some stage the market's going to come back. Whereas stocks, you, there's no guarantee an individual stock will come back. 
investors around the world are way ahead of Australians in their uptake of ETFs. Why do you think Australian investors have been so slow out of the blocks with ETFs? Well, let's just put how slow they have been. In America, about 10% investors are invested, are using ETFs in one way or another. Canada, which is a little bit bigger than ourselves as an economy and a stock market, uh, about similar, about 10% of investors. We're in Australia, we're down at sort of 1% to 1.5%. Wow. And, uh, and I, why? Well, I've, I've looked far and wide to try and discover this, but effectively we've got 580, round about $580 billion worth of self-managed super fund money you know, slushing around the system. Mm-hmm of which about a third has, has direct access to or direct investment in the stock market and the other two-thirds, you know, out in, in cash and, and bonds and that sort of thing. And only only about 20 or just under 20 billion of that 580 billion has found its way into ETFs in, in Australia compared to 2 trillion or in Canada, around about $150 billion has gone into ETFs. So we, we are way behind the, the rest of the world on, on exchange-traded funds. Why? Well, my considered view and opinion is that is that we have a distribution network of financial planners and and a huge industry of, of active managed funds that obviously stand uh, not to gain by a big movement into exchange traded funds. So I think a whole financial industry is kind of stacked against a move to, to, into exchange traded funds. And I think when people go and talk to their their financial planners or their advisors, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they get more negative views of ETFs and what they do, positive views. For someone who's considering retirement, would you be recommending ETFs for them? Absolutely. You know, these days when people get to retirement age, they move from accumulation phase into retirement phase in their superannuation funds. Is you know, You've got to be planning for probably another 25 years of uh, being around on the planet. So, so you know, having only an income-based mentality when you hit retirement is, is probably not the way to go. I think there still needs to be a growth component and, and probably bigger than what most people think in the superannuation fund. And hence, you know, investing to get growth through having exposure to the stock market is, is certainly something they should be considering. How should ETFs fit into a share trader's portfolio who's active with the markets every week? Well, somebody who's active, well, it's a good point. You know, there, there are a lot of active strategies out there. I've, I'm a proponent of, of an active strategy in stocks and have been for many years. You know, the feedback and me being a groupie, if you like, in, in this environment and talking to so many investors, you know, what I find is, is that when it comes to active strategies, people are only putting small portions, you know, anything from 5 to maybe 25 or 30% of their, of their portfolios into active strategies. And then what they're doing is because the bulk of their money they want to have in a lower risk, lower volatile environment, that money sitting in cash or lower risk strategies or, or even in long-term buy and hold portfolios, which in my view, only having a few exposure to a few stocks is probably riskier um, than being in an active methodology. But people want to have a, a more solid, lower volatile type strategy. And that's where ETFs come in. By putting a large chunk of your money into an index ETF which you have you know, access to in liquidity, in quick liquidity, is, is probably lower risk than, in fact, it is lower risk over the long term than leaving it in cash because cash is dead cert for, for your money not growing and your buying power not, not increasing at the same rate as inflation. We, we need to beat inflation. That's really what this whole, this whole game's about. Okay, so do you have any suggested examples of ETFs? Well, an example is uh, the, the main one in Australia is the ASX 200 ETF, which is the STW. Now, there are some others out there, but and people can do their own research. The STW has been around since 2001, so it's, it's the longest standing 
uh, exchange-traded fund in the Australian market. Now, to give you an idea, with dividends reinvested over, over five years, the STW, just buying and holding it, reinvesting dividends, beat 75% of active funds and active super funds over a five, rolling five-year period. Really? Is that in a bull or a bear situation or just the sideways slop we've been in for the past five years? Well, if you, unfortunately, the Australian research is only the last five years. But if you take that to the American market, which, which there's been longer-term longer, longer term research on that, is they now have extended, when I say they, I'll, I'll tell you who they are in a moment, have extended their research to cover 10 years for the first time. And in America, 88% of active funds, including 401k providers, this is the classic balanced and diversified funds for you know, long-term superannuation and pension investment, 88% of those underperform the S&P 500 total return index over 10 years. Uh, and there's more research. Now, where do I get this from? I used to do this research myself, but now I access a company, or it's some McGraw Hill listed company, but people would have heard of them. It's the Standard & Poor's Dow Jones Indices Company. And they do research called a SPIVA, S-P-I-V-A scorecard. And S-P-I-V-A, SPIVA, stands for S&P Indices versus Active. And yeah, so, so they, they do this every six months in America, and they've now covered their research to Australia and Europe and Japan and South America and South Africa. And the, the research is, is pretty, it's pretty much the, the same result comes back, is that active funds, both, that's both managed funds, mutual funds, superannuation funds, pension funds, 401, 401k providers, right across the board in all, in all the geographical territories, up to 88 even 90% in some areas underperform their, their benchmark indices. You've mentioned before in a previous interview we did earlier in the year, and you mentioned Vanguard earlier in this interview, that Warren Buffett has said that if he dies, he recommends his wife invest all her money into the Vanguard ETF. That is absolutely correct. So, and in fact, he goes further. He this was what he put into his February. He does, every February, he comes out with his letter to shareholders, and it's become a, a huge event in, in in the financial industry over the years. But in February of 2014, last year, that's exactly what he said. Ninety uh, percent of my estate is going to go into the an S and P 500 index fund, and and he recommends the Vanguard one. And for that very reason, he then carries on in the next sentence, and he says, he says. Investors, mutual funds, active, passive, you name it, all underperform the S&P 500 total return index over time, and hence that's what I'm going to do. Would you recommend an Australian invest in the Vanguard ETF? I certainly would. Uh, I mean, they're not the only providers, uh, so, so there are others out there, but Vanguard tends to get their fees the lowest. But there are other major ETF providers out there. Um, so on the local market, people can, instead of only getting into the STW ETF, which is the ASX 200 ETF, they can also get into the IVV, that's uh, India Victor Victor, which is the S&P 500 ETF listed in the Australian market in Australian dollars. Gary, with all this wonderful information, you have recently released an ETF strategy. Can you tell us about it and what it offers to investors? Certainly, Caroline. It's uh, the, what the uh, the ETF, the Spice ETF product does is it is rather than just buying and holding an ETF, we bring some uh, some longer term timing into it to avoid being in the index during a severe bear market such as two thousand and eight. So, so the idea is to be invested for as long as you can. But if we get a downturn that's that's sufficiently large enough to say, oh, this could be another 2008, 
then we will go into cash. Uh, so the idea is not to ride down the, the market all the way. The idea is to is, is to get into cash and then start when we when the market turns and we get a re-entry signal is that we will re-enter the market, re-engage the market from a higher plateau and hence get, get alpha on the market to outperform it. And where can people go to buy some SPA3? Just uh, Sharewell Systems is, is our sharewellsystems.com is, is, is our website and, and as you know Louise and I do, do talk about uh, about our different strategies from time to time and we, we'll be talking about uh, about releasing SPA3 ETF in some one way or another through through Louise's uh, contacts and networks as well. Gary, just before you jump off the phone, I'd like to just ask you one very broad question. Just leave us with one final piece of advice about ETFs. Well, yeah, t- to me, ETFs are a game changer. They are going to be the way one day that all private investors, everyday mum and dad investors who have to know a little bit about their investments because of superannuation and pension you know, saving. It is the way that everybody is going to invest one day. And it's, I know that's a long way from where we are. We've only got 1.5% of investors in Australia looking at ETFs at the moment. But it, this, is a, this is a huge game changer in the way that, that everyday people will invest. And it's going to have a massive change on, on the active funds industry in terms of forcing them to reduce costs and, and forcing them to, to lift their game. Gary Stone, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for your time. It's a pleasure, Caroline. And that's all we have for you today, guys. Stay tuned next week for an in-depth look at the world's markets with Chris Tate. I'm Caroline Stephen, and on behalf of the team, thanks for your company. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary, and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.